like a re- it's a recording. It's same problems again and again and again and again and again. How many have ever been there? I've been there. And it goes back to this so saying, you think wrong, you'll do wrong. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I got to quit, quit allowing my past to, to uh, hold my future hostage. Begin to change the way you think. Now go with me tonight to, to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start again tonight uh, with one of the videos last week. This is a good video. It'll speak to your heart. So you guys go ahead and show that, please. things in everyday life that each one of God we've got to get in the word and let the word of God start changing the way I think and let the word of God mold me now I read or I quoted uh, Romans 12 to a minute ago uh, uh, be transformed be transformed listen guys a transformation is a process and the thing is human beings we must be committed to the process you've got to be committed okay Even if you mess up, keep allowing the Word of God to transform you, okay? Keep going on and on and on and on. You know, uh, we're we're doing a connect group on Tuesday nights, and I'm going to tell you, next semester, a lot of you need to go to it. It is a commitment, but it's called Freedom Ministries. And one of the illustrations the guy used last night was he likened the kingdom of God to an oven. And once you get in an oven, what happens? You stay in there until it bakes whatever's in there. That's the same thing with the Word of God. You're going to have to make the effort to get into the Word of God. But once you get into the Word, keep allowing the Word of God to bake you. Don't get frustrated and give up. Be committed to the process. You know what, guys? I'm going to tell you right now. That's the same way in marriage. Be committed to the process of marriage. You know, a lot of times when you look at someone that has a good marriage, your first thought is, they were that way their whole life. Not. They weren't. Where's that found? That's Genesis 2. You know what it says? Therefore shall a man leave his his mother and father and cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one. You know what that's saying? There's a transformation. And as long as you stay committed to the process, guys, God's going to move. Now, here's the issue. Some of us at times in our life need to sit in the oven longer than others. In other words, we need to bake a little longer. That was me. That was me in my own life. I've had people who thought when me and Shelly got married, it was love at first sight. Kind of. But it became a process that you realize, you know what? We've got to stand for the same cause and get a hold of the Word of God. Now, I mean, if you heard my past, you know, the, the issues I had with alcohol, guys, from the time I started speaking and, and getting my mind transformed to the Word of God, Colossians 1.13 says, He's delivered me from that. He's delivered you. It was a four-year process. But I just kept on, I kept on, I kept on. And so that's what some of you got to understand. No matter what you're going through, keep allowing the Word of God to shape you. Keep allowing the Word of God to identify you. Now, I'm going to give you another power thought tonight. And we're going to start here in Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to talk about love a little bit here. Oh, man, we, we sang it tonight. I got so blessed when they were singing that song. 
Because this is what we're going to talk about. Galatians 5, verse 13. And it would help if I'd get out of Matthew. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, fellow believers, have been called to liberty. That word liberty means freedom. You were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't use the freedom Jesus gave you for fleshly activity. And, and the freedom is not the removal of moral restraints. That's not what he's talking about here. So what is he talking about? Well, look what it says. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love. And so one of the, the characteristics of love is it's going to serve. The outcome of freedom for every one of us is to love or to help others. But what happens in life, many times we go through life self-centered and selfish. And we have this thought, it's all about me. When I wake up in the morning, it's all about me. And when I'm at lunch, it's all about me. And when I get off work, it's all about me. And when I go to bed at night, it's all about me. And before long, you wake up the next day, you repeat the whole pattern. And when you live that way, you know what ultimately happens? I get fed up with me. And I have people say this many times. I don't understand. We go to church. Well, guys, just because you go to church doesn't mean you're going to automatically walk in love. I mean, I got a car and I put it in the garage. And even when I walk out in the garage, it doesn't make me a car. Even though I get in the garage. Well, it's the same thing. We get born again and we must begin to, to go after this stuff called love. It must be priority. Now, turn with me to the book of, of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. You know, and here's the deal. Every one of us, before we get born again, our nature is to be selfish. You see that as little children. What's a lot of things they say? It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And even after we get born again, part of our nature is still to be selfish. It's mine. I'm, it's mine. I mean, there's times I'll go through a drive-up window and I'll order a hamburger. And I'll say to Shelly, do you want one? And she'll say, no, I'll just have a bite of yours. I said, no, you're going to get your own. And she'll say, well, I don't want my own. And I said, okay. And so I'll order it. And you know what she'll say? Can I just have one bite? And I'll say, no, it's mine. Mine. And so even as an adult, we face that dilemma still. And so we're going to talk here and get really in-depth here with love for a little bit tonight. Uh, love is high on God's priority list. High, high. Luke, Luke 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up, and he tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law or the Bible? What is your reading or your interpretation of it? So he answered Jesus and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Now, the first thing he points out, you shall love God with everything that I'm made up. And then he says, and you, your neighbor as yourself. And so you begin to see some things that this guy understands. Now, look what Jesus' response is to him in verse 28. And he said to him, 
you have answered rightly. Now look at the next phrase. Do this and you will live. Do this. Live this. In other words, it's just not about talking. Jesus said, do this. Now, this wasn't a a theoretical discussion, but Jesus' thoughts here, this must be done with practical demonstration. This wasn't just forced to talk about. He said, I want you to demonstrate. Now, look what goes on here, and you'll see practical demonstration. Verse 29, but this young lawyer wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, and just who is my neighbor? And then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain, look at this, priest, a man of God, came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked and passed by on the other side. Now, Levite, guys, he was, he was a covenant. He was Jewish, too. Now, this just shows me right here. That if you're a priest, and even if you're a Levite, to walk in love, not going to happen automatic. I don't care if you've got a great title over your your name. It still doesn't make me just walk in love. Verse, next verse. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan. Now, you got to understand this about the Samaritans. You see over and over in the scriptures where the, the, the... Samaritans were not of covenant. They were despised. They were hated. They were treated horrible. And so this guy right here is a Samaritan. Now look what happens. As he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. The word compassion there means that he had pity. He had sympathy. Now, you want to hear a great definition of compassion? Shared pain. Shared pain. Now, you'll see over and over in the Scriptures that when Jesus went about teaching and preaching and healing the sick, many times it'll say, and he was moved with compassion. You know what compassion is? It's the love of God. It's the love of God. And I believe it's something that every one of us ought to be praying. Lord, fill me with compassion. Just for people. Let me love people. And so he's got compassion. Now look what he does next. And if you'll notice in verse 34, how many times he highlights the other guy. So he went to him. And he bandaged his wounds. Pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal. And he brought him to an inn. And he took care of him. Now I looked at all this. And this is love in action. Now think about this for for just a moment. Do you suppose that this Samaritan didn't have any other thing to do in life? Do you suppose that this Samaritan didn't have any other place where he should be? He just didn't have nothing to do in life, so he helped this guy. I don't believe so, guys. I believe this is the love of God when we're able to, to stop And be able to help others in a time of need, even when I'm busy. That's preferring them. That's the love of God. So the first thing you see is the guy physically did stuff to help him. Look what happens in the next verse, verse 35. 
And on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. Now, sometimes the love of God is showed monetarily. But it's always revealed in action. Love is a verb. That means it's got to have action to it. It's got to be doing something. Then he goes on to say, So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, now get this, He who showed mercy. He who showed mercy. He who demonstrated mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Now, many times I believe there's a misconception that love is a feeling. Love isn't a feeling. There's nothing gooey about it. If you're waiting to feel love, it's probably not going to happen. You know, that goes back to the old song. We lost that loving feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. And my thought is, where'd you lose it? Where'd you lose it? No, it's not a feeling, guys. It's something that's got to get on the inside. And love is revealed by the way I treat people. The way I talk to people, even the way I think about people. Now, many times, part of the issue comes in my thought life. When I think bad about somebody, I'm going to do bad. When I think evil about somebody, evil is going to come out of me. When I think ugly about somebody... Ugly is going to come out of me. And so most of the things we do, it is birthed in our thought life. When I begin to entertain these thoughts, so I've got to set my mind and begin to understand, I'm going to love people. I'm going to begin to love people. And once again, guys, this becomes a transformation. i got to keep on allowing the Word of God to soak me. Now turn with me to to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. In order to walk in love, guys, you're going to have to set your mind to it. You're going to have to get your mind off of me. And that's where I have to really fight on a daily basis. My mind's always on me. What about me? What about me? What about me? I've got to get my mind and start being Christ-like. Start having a servant attitude. You know, uh, 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And so we can talk all we want about being a Christian, but it comes down to how well we love. Actually, Jesus himself said in John 13, 35, he said, they'll know you're my disciples by how pretty you are. That's not what he said. They'll know you're my disciples by how many scriptures you can can quote. Uh They'll know you're my disciples by how often you go to church. He said, they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love. By the way, the mark of a Christian is his love, just the love of God. Now, here we are, Colossians chapter 3. Begin with me in verse 12. And man, I'm going to tell you right now, this will speak to your heart. Therefore, as the elect of God, the chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, Humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Really, the elect of God should have the fruit of the Spirit that's found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 manifested through us. 
And a lot of this, what I just quoted, or what the Apostle Paul quoted right here, this was the fruit of the Spirit. Now, there's a, a couple words there that I really want you to see. It says, put on. Put on. You know what that tells me? This stuff's not going to happen automatically. I'm going to have to make an effort. How many of you, when you got dressed for work or even you got dressed for church tonight, did you walk in your closet and things just begin to fly off the, the hangers right on you? See, that's, that's absurd to think that. Be a good thought, you know, be kind of nice. Just get up in the morning, everything come out. But it doesn't happen that way. But see, a lot of times, this is our mindset with the love of God, the things of God. All these things he mentioned. We think it's just going to happen. No, I've got to put it on. I've got to make an effort. And I found the love of God has got to be put on every day. Every, oh, I put on love today, Lord. I put on these things. The Amplified says, Clothe yourself, therefore, as God's own picked representatives, chosen ones. Verse 13. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you all must also do. Now look at verse 14. But above all these things, above every one of these things that we just read, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The word perfection means maturity. When you grow up spiritually, guys, maturity doesn't come by age. Maturity doesn't come spiritually by uh, how many years you've been in church. Maturity as a believer comes when I start obeying this and I start living this and I'm able to love people like God told me to. Now, if you'll note here once again, what did he say? He said, put on love. You know what I think he's telling us? Don't leave home. Without the robe of love. Don't leave home without the garment of love. And so once again, it's going to be an effort that I'm going to have to start getting the mind. I'm going to put on love, Lord. I'm going to do just exactly what you said here. Now, this is a big deal, this stuff called love. It's a lot bigger than we even think. Hebrews eleven six says this, that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible. So think about that for a second. If I don't start understanding faith, I'll never, never, never tap into the things of God. Why is that so important with love? Well, turn back to where we started there in Galatians chapter 5. And I want you to see something here that you're going to see biblically why love is a big deal. Not, not just to love people, but it's going to trigger something for every one of us. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. It counts for nothing. But listen. But faith working through love. And you know what that tells me right there? If I don't learn to love and that becomes a part of me, it's going to shut down my faith. Faith right here is energized. Faith is expressed by love. 
I'm going to tell you, when you start walking in love, it will kick faith into another gear. So just in the last two weeks, I can tell you two things real quick that will shut down the things of God. Number one, if I don't love. And number two, unforgiveness. What we talked about last week. Those things will shut it down quicker than anything. Now, while you're standing or looking right there, flip, flip to your left just a little bit to 1 Corinthians 13. And this is where we're going to be in 1 Corinthians the rest of the night. Faith is dependent on love in order to work. It takes love, or it takes, yes, it takes love to make faith work. Every one of us got to get this. I got to get a hold of this. I got to start getting the mindset. Ooh, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to be a person of love, the love of God, the love of God. Now, once again, a lot of times you look at people's life and you think they've always been, they hadn't. Some people are a little better at loving than others. But to love like God wants, I'm going to tell you guys, it's a transformation. It's a trend. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Once again, it starts in the mind. I want you to know one, one verse here real quick. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Love never fails. Just kind of what we sang a minute ago. Love never fails. You know what the Amplified says? Love never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. So the answer to so many of life's problems is found right there. Love never fails. Why do I say that? If I will learn to walk in the love of God, then I will never fail. Never fail. Not going to happen. i got to get this on the inside of me. Now, Turn one chapter to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love. That word pursue there means to desire eagerly, to to go after it intensely. Now, just with what it says here, it says pursue love. You know what that tells me? It's not going to happen automatic, guys. I'm going to have to go after. I'm going to make an effort to have to walk in love. This is why this is so important. And love, once again, guys, it'll be revealed in my actions. It'll be revealed in my words. It'll be revealed even through compassion. But I believe this with all my heart. When the love of God is released through us, it'll transform any marriage. It'll transform any home. And it'll transform any workplace. But it's got to be released through me. It's got, i got to hold fast to this, guys, where he says, the love of God never, never, never fails. You know why? Because love, what we talked about, love covers a multitude of sin. Where's that? 1 Peter 4, 8 says that the love of God will cover. It covers. Matthew 5, 3 says that that blessed are the peacemakers. Love is a peacemaker. When I let it come through me. I was around a guy the other day. He pastored for a number of years, about 60 years old. And I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. And so I said to him, tell me about what's going on with you. And he was telling me, I said, tell me about your church. And he started him hawing around. And before long, he looked at me and his whole body language changed. And his voice got real gruff, and he said, I'll tell you what the problem with the churches in America. And I said, tell me. 
He said, it's Joel Osteen. And those pastors like him that preach that watered-down message, and man, I mean, he just starts ripping him. Just starts ripping Joel Osteen. And, and I looked at him and I said, wait just a minute, okay? Just wait just a minute. I said, you know, the bottom line, whether you agree with him or not, he's a man of God. He loves Jesus. Boy, he started arching a little bit, and I thought, I'm just going to keep on. Let the love of God just go ahead and blast him. I don't mean that ugly. <laughs> and I said, you know what? As, as a fact, I said, I have a good friend that's Jewish. Many of you don't remember Sandy Culkin who comes here? Sandy had a great friend that was a Jewish businessman down in the Houston area. Wanted nothing to do with God. Nothing. And he got around Joel Osteen, and he got born again. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He started serving in the church, and they said he even started giving. And they said that was huge for this Jewish man. And I said, now you can say whatever you want, but I said, I'm going to tell you right now. He's doing things. He's getting people born again. And you know what? In that situation, it diffused it. Now, many times what we'll do is we'll just chime right in. Well, yeah, that's the sign. Yeah. And I want to look at this guy and say, you know what? It's awfully funny. You've never broke 200 in all these years you've pastored. He'll run, meet, reach more people on one Sunday than you will your entire life. But I didn't go there. I didn't go there. Now, back to 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you to see something real close with me. And this is our homework assignment right here for the week. Started in verse number 4. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love suffers long. Love is kind. It does not envy itself. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes uh, all things. Love endures all things. And it ends with love never fails. Now, love must have an outlet to be expressed through. Guess who that outlet is? Me and you. Now here's something that's very big for you. Something that I used to do all the time. I mean this was a weekly thing several times a week. Every place in 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8. Where it says love or it talks about love. Instead of love, let's just put our name in there. And you want to see something that will begin to change you? Just read this right here with me. Starting in verse 4 again. Ken suffers long. And Ken is kind. Terry does not envy. Terry does not parade himself. And Terry is not puffed up. JJ does not behave rudely. JJ does not seek his own. JJ is not provoked. Bob thinks no evil. Bob does not rejoice in iniquity, but Bob rejoices in the truth. 
Raul bears all things, Raul believes all things, Raul hopes all things, and Raul endures all things. Now, for years of my life, guys, I would do this. But I didn't put your name in there. I put my name in there. And I begin to say that, and I begin to say that, and there were certain ones of these that I had huge asterisk marks by. I thought, I need a lot of help in that area. Some of you are saying, which ones of those? Well, it's none of your business. Because I had asterisks about every one of them, probably. But the ones that I really, really, really begin to pursue in those areas, I would write them on a three-by-five card. You guys said, man, you must have had a lot of three-by-five cards. I did. I did. And to this day, I have three-by-five cards. But most of them now I never look at. I never look at them. But I affirm them on a daily basis. And the first things I do in the mornings I will begin to affirm the word of God over me every day in certain areas. And and right now, I probably have close to 100 affirmations I do. A lot of those will have your name in them. And I begin and I begin to walk around. And some of you will say, what all do you begin to affirm? Well, a lot of it is I just begin to give the Lord honor because it's all Father God. I said, thank you, Father God, for another day of life. Thank you that your mercies are new to me today. Your grace is still sufficient. Now, Father God, I acknowledge you as the only God, and I receive you as my God. I welcome and I receive your Son as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I receive you today, and I thank you today, Father God, that you fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, you said in your word that Jesus has sanctified me, so I'm sanctified. Jesus has justified me, I'm just... Jesus has redeemed me, and the Bible says, let the redeemed say so. So he's redeemed me from poverty, sickness, and death. So I begin to say this, I thank you today, Lord Jesus. I walk in life, the John 10, 10 life, that you came to give me life and that more abundantly. I walk in divine health. No sickness or disease comes near my uh, dwelling. Now, some of this may stretch some of you, but I say this on a daily basis. I thank you, Father God, that my hair is thick and brown. And if you can't get an agreement, just shut up. <laughs> I thank you, Father God, and I just begin to speak over my body. I thank you, my knees function. Pre- I just begin to go, just begin to go. And before long, I will begin to say, I thank you that the love of God is expressed in my life for my wife, my children, the people of this church. I am a man of love. The love of God flows out of me. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. I have a love for God. I have a love for the Word. I have a love for people. I still do this, guys. And I don't want you to say, look at him. He's some superhero. Not. But I understand the importance of the Word of God on a daily basis. And so once again, guys, I can tell you, I'm still committed to the process. There's never a time where I finally arrived. You know, it's like an elevator. We hit floor 13 and we're there. It's not in the kingdom of God. And I must pursue those things on a daily basis, on a daily basis. What do you guys say? What, what are you are thinking? Does he pray for us? Well, come to prayer sometime and you'll hear. I'm just kidding. The thing, see, the thing is, the point here, you've got to start getting your mind. The, the, the thought that you need to leave here today and tonight with is this. I love God and I love people. I love God and I love people. 
I can honestly say this, guys. Before I got born again, I really didn't like people. I really didn't. People irritated me. They aggravated me. Annoyed me. Kind of like a lot of you. And then, man, something began to happen on the inside. The love of God began to come. I remember I met a young girl one night, and she said, man, I was afraid of you. I thought you were going to be mean and ugly. And I said, darling, you would have seen that a couple years ago. I said, if it wasn't for the love of God, man, you should be seeing God, God move in a person. It's the same with every one of us. So here again, committed to the process. Have you arrived, Pastor Crud? No, I'm about a two on a scale of ten. But I'm pursuing it. I'm pursuing it. I'm going after it. Stand up here with me.